get wrecked. So, uh, okay. Get wrecked, more like get uh, trekked, mm-hmm. because uh, two new Star Trek shows are coming out. Right. One of them's called Picard, and one of them's called uh, I Don't Like This Show, and we <laughs> season one. <laughs> Deep Space Ten. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so, but yeah, you know, speaking of uh, trekking, well, we were just talking about prayer. Yeah. So, what's the deal? Trekking so, for the prayer, right? So, Union Seminary wants us to pray to plants. What have you heard about this? I haven't. You've talked about this before. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. So, there was a chapel service at a seminary in New York called Union Seminary, and I don't really know all the details or circumstances of this, yeah. but I saw a picture of people. Uh, confessing their sins apparently to plants. Yes, yes. And Whoa! Then, <laughs> and, and and the service is pretty much dedicated to this. Yeah, and so I just want to go on record and say that, like, as the House Plants podcast, when we ask people to pray, that's not really what we <laughs> we're looking for. <laughs> You're not asking people to confess their sins to us. There's that one song you told me about when we first got this going too, right? About the guy who has the two plants in his house and his the neighbor. house plant song. Yeah, yeah by Audio friend. Adrenaline, 1999. Look that one up. Pretty yeah. interesting. Love it. I'm fine with somebody confessing like a sin to me if we are doing a like you know if that's what we're doing together as part of our devotional sure. time. They should also be confessing it to the Lord. The two people that you can confess to are the Lord and other people as other people collectively being one person. And and so the idea behind union, uh, union seminary was the fact that we should confess how we have wronged the plants as a yes. human species. Yes. So uh, Walter Matthau and grumpy old men would say, I got a cactus in the bathroom, <laughs> but we got nothing to say to each other. <laughs> I just hope the plants will forgive us. Uh, and then, of course, there's Kanye West Church, so that's like a whole nother ball well, of Well, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. You guys ready? <clears throat> ready. We're cool. ready. Well, I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. Podcast. We are here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. Yeah, that was pretty good. Right. And prayer today. I guess uh, we should get started. Yeah, so we're going to start off with a worship song today. Uh, this is an obscure hymn by Charles Wesley. It's so obscure that I could not find the original tune for it. Uh, okay. But somebody recommended these lyrics to me, and I think the lyrics are really good. They happen to work out with um, a song called Four Thousand Tongues to Sing. Yep. Or Oh, Four Thousand Tongues to Sing, I guess. Yep. And so we took it, and we kind of put our own little spin on that. So it's kind of a cover of a cover Boom. of a cover. Boom. Of Charles Wesley's One more Jesus thine all Victorious love Let's do it
Holy Ghost, for thee I call, for thee I call, Spirit of burning come. Jesus, thine all-victorious love, victorious love, Jesus, thine all-victorious love, victorious love, Jesus, thine all-victorious love, victorious love, Jesus, thine all-victorious love. Amen. 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 Now, this is going to feel a little bit weird if you've listened to a lot of our episodes, but normally we pray right after we get done with the worship song. But this time we are going to wait because we have a guest that happens to be very gifted in prayer. An expert in prayer. So to speak, yes. Maybe. I don't don't know if he'd call himself an expert, but... So we thought that we might want to do a more extended prayer time later on in the episode. So that's going to happen at the end. So, yeah, that's awesome. We have a very special guest with us. Say hello, Samuel. Hi. <laughs> How are you? We We're are good. good. How really are you good. doing today? I'm doing good. Awesome. Cool. I'm actually better than I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> we are so glad to have Samuel with us. And we are starting something kind of new on this episode. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a series, but instead of a series that goes straight through episode to episode, um, we're going to come back to prayer just kind of consistently every few episodes, every once in a while, just whenever we get somebody who has a particular gifting for prayer, who has a passion for it, uh, we're going to do a prayer series. So Samuel, you, you get to be our guinea pig sort of, as we start talking about prayer on this show. How's that sound? Wow. That's good. I, uh, I'm excited because, um, I, uh, feel like I'm a really awkward and weird prayer. So it'll be interesting to hear your perspective on it. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So, all right. So, uh, can I, can I ask you a question, Samuel? This is Colin talking. Yes, please. Uh, how did you meet Zach? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I think well, as a student at Asbury Theological Seminary, uh, I meet quite a number of people, uh, both, you know, in classes, in the chapel, mm-hmm. yeah. and in the cafeteria, working on the hallways or, you know, anywhere around the campus, and also where we live in Kalas Village. But I would say the first time I saw Zach was uh, when he led the chapel in worshiping God. Mm. And uh, I didn't really know him. I only <laughs> saw him leading us. I liked the way he led. And, oh, thank you. <laughs> so there was a need in our church, uh, St. Andrew's Anglican Church, Versailles. Yeah. And... Uh, so we were transiting from um, two different services into a joint service. And uh, so that was going on. And prior to that time, there was a longing in our yeah. heart for uh, a prayer and praise service that we yeah. beheld once in a month. And... Uh, so the demand that has the idea, uh, you know, started looking for uh, who could lead us in worship. So he discussed it with me, and we started praying and searching. And on the long run, he called me to say, hey, I found somebody. Do you know Zach? I said, Zach? I, uh, I don't really know Zach. He said, well, he's one of the worship team leaders there in Asbury. And so eventually, myself and Zach and Brian met in uh-huh. a coffee shop. And uh, so for the first time, I had a close contact with 
that. And since then, it's been awesome every month. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, so we, this, this relationship yeah. started uh, in April this year, uh, mm-hmm. I think, if I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah, or March. I think so. Yeah, April, yeah. So, and since then, it's been awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's been awesome from my end, too, just to work with you and see how you uh, shepherd people in prayer. Uh, you're really good at it. <clears throat> really gifted for it. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I had just come out of a full-time job uh, leading worship, and uh, I was looking for other ways to kind of lead in worship and kind of uh, help other churches out. And so... My professor, Jonathan Powers, was the one who got me in contact with your church. Um, and so it's just been really cool. And I want to share a story about Samuel. On this last praise night that we had at the beginning of this month, um, mm-hmm. Samuel, you were supposed to be leading prayer uh, because we put these two big prayer blocks into the yeah. middle of our um, worship service. And yeah. uh Samuel saw another guy who goes to their church in the parking lot and he just felt, you know, I guess prompted by the Holy spirit. Could we say, um, but you felt like it would be a good thing to ask this, this other guy to lead. And so he had no idea he was going to be leading to extended prayer times. Um, but you asked him to do it, kind of put him on the spot. Uh, but he was happy to, and it ended up being like a really powerful service. I mean, I remember we were, praying for healing for people. And, uh, it was just, it was a powerful thing to happen because you were open to the Holy spirit's leading on that. And so I really, I took notice of that and I really appreciated it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So what about, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. I've heard bits and pieces of your story growing up, but, um, just tell us a little bit of your story. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> that is going to be a very uh, long one. Oh, okay. Very brief. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's you fine. Want to, you want to hear my story? My background is actually, you know, um, very interesting and uh, also full of ups and downs. Yeah. Like any other people. Um, but very briefly, I was born into the family of a Christian parent. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad is an evangelist and he's uh, also a professional architect. And he actually, you know, rose to the level of um, uh, the coordinator of all architects and draftsmen in uh-huh. my state back wow. in Nigeria. So my mother is a trader and a food vendor and uh, somebody that, you know, you can call a chef here. Hmm. Uh, but uh, the two of them did, you know, great thing by making sure that they were not, you know, so buried in the occupations. Yeah. Uh, they took time to raise us, their children, in the way of the Lord. So I grew up uh, knowing the Lord, and that almost led me to thinking that I didn't need a personal relationship, so to say, with Christ, mm-hmm. because everything that I needed to do as a child, I was doing it, I was praying, I was reading my Bible, and uh, I was in the choir in my church yeah. back in Nigeria. And uh, I was also a member of Boys Brigade. So I was representing my church uh, in different Bible quizzes and competitions. And uh, so as a matter of fact, people started calling me Small Reverend, Small Reverend. <laughs> I love so, so when people started pushing Christ to me to accept Christ into my life, I saw it as a form of fanaticism, uh, that this is, you know, rubbish. Mm, and yeah. it's like, these people are very fanatic. How can they be asking me to, you know, give my life to Christ? 
And many a times as a small child in, you know, middle school, I would tell them, hey, this is my Bible. I know this Bible. Yeah. I read it and I do all sort of things. But um, to cut it short, eventually I attended a Christian student uh, camp, a kind of holiday camp or summer camp. Uh, so I was there and uh, that was where the Lord met me personally. And I watched a stage drama and uh, while watching that stage drama alongside other students from different places, uh, we were in that big hall. And uh, I think the number should be about about 700 students. And wow. Suddenly, I realized that I needed Christ in my life. And so... I started crying, and uh, I gave my life to Christ. An altar call was made, and then uh, from there, the Lord uh, gave me peace of mind, and I knew right there that there was a transformation that has taken place in my life. Amen. And the longing for the Lord began uh, afresh that very night, and... Since then, I've been, you know, working with the Lord. Uh, but prior to that time, and even after that time, I was, you know, suffering from a very excruciating sickness. Uh, yeah. It's a sickness that um, my parents didn't know the origin. And uh, I was taken to the hospitals several times. I was admitted in the hospitals. And several x-rays were made, uh, but the medical doctors kept saying my hand, where I had the problem, my hand was okay, the bones were okay, yeah. but physically they could see me crying, they could see me yeah. in pain, so they were actually helpless. And so I was in that sickness, in that situation, for solid several years, uh, no healing. I was being carried from one place to another. And eventually, I attended another Christian gathering where the Lord uh, met me and healed me. Uh, I would say that uh, though my salvation was instantaneous, but my healing wasn't instantaneous. Uh, it was a kind of gradual process, but it was that mm. night that I attended that service that uh, the lady that prayed for me said I should be saying, uh, repeating the statement uh, that Peter made that uh, uh, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we were healed. Awesome. And so I kept saying that Bye. for days. And for about yeah. one week, I discovered that my healing became permanent. Wow. And that was, that was uh, an incident of 1987. How old were you? Yeah, since then, the Lord has healed me. And uh, it was after then, the Lord called me into the ministry. Awesome. Um, Samuel, how uh, old were you when you uh, experienced healing prayer? Then in 1987, how old were you? I was, uh, I was, hmm, that was 87, and uh, where I was born in 1972, I can't quickly calculate that. Is that, is that, 15, is that so about 15, 15 years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that Very was when awesome. I experienced that healing. Yeah. yeah. So from a young age, you've experienced the power of of prayer and healing in your life. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So, uh, how long have you been in ministry with the Anglican Church? Um, since nineteen ninety six, I was ordained in nineteen ninety six, uh, June. 
1993, and that was um, uh, 24 years ago now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you begin to uh, come to realize that prayer was going to be such a huge part of your calling? I think that realization came when I was in my first seminary, and that was my uh-huh. ordination seminary between 1993 and 1996. I know I had always loved to pray after I gave my life to Christ. So the hunger for prayer was always there. I know several times I would wake up in the night yeah. to pray. And uh, very early in the morning, I'm doing my quiet time with the Lord. And I would go to places to pray for people and also to preach to people. And I was doing all kinds of things as a young Christian, but the realization actually dawned on me when I was in the seminary, uh, because at the time, uh, there were out of about three fellowships, different fellowships on campus. Then uh-huh. two of them, two of them said that they prayed, they did their election. And I was the one that was elected as prayer leader. And I told them I can only accept only one fellowship because I can't operate in two fellowships at the same time. So, but only one of them actually accepted what I, you know, my explanation. (laughs) And so I realized that, uh, one, I'm going to be doing something that has to do with uh, prayer ministry yeah. in a very special way through that platform. And then anywhere I went to, I discovered that people will always call me to to pray for them. And uh, I also realized it when uh, the Lord began to bring all kinds of situations my way uh, that would make me to pray for people. And after praying for them, the result will follow. There will be signs and wonders. There will be miracles. And so that was how I realized that I was going to get into prayer ministry. Yeah, so you started to put things together like God was having people come and ask you for prayer, but then also like you were just having um, people just like out of the blue, like asking you to pray for them and and results actually happening. Um, What was that like to kind of put those things together and kind of realize like, Hmm, prayer might be like a big part of my ministry going forward. Yeah. Actually, I would say that if I got your point, your question very well, um, I know I was, you know, as a pastor after I was ordained in 1996, I didn't just step into a church to pastor a church. Yeah. Being an Anglican priest, I was asked to assist another senior clergyman. And so I was doing my, what we call, sacerdotal ministry. And so counseling, um, preparing the other services, and visitation and many other things that I needed to do, making sure I conduct the service and assist my boss. I was doing all that. Uh-huh. Uh, but I kind of, you know, have the inner peace, inner mm-hmm. satisfaction that I can't get away from prayer. Yeah. And so when, whenever I am called to to pray, I discovered that it is something that I do easily without, you know, um, it was so easy for me. And uh, I I feel so humble. I feel so uh, graceful and grateful to God that uh, he had found me worthy of praying for people and uh, interceding for people. I realized that um, 
I remember there was a time um, somebody died, and I felt in my spirit the lady shouldn't have died. Hmm. And so I was annoyed in my spirit, so to say. <laughs> and, and I went to God and I said, God, this lady cannot die. I barely know the lady. I met her through my younger sister and I ministered to her. She was a Muslim. And through my ministration to her, she became born again. She gave her life to Christ and she loved the Lord. And not too long after that time, it was just about uh, uh, two, three months after that time, she felt sick very briefly and she died. When I, so when I was told, I became very hurting that such mm. a person would die. So that night, I locked up myself in my room and I began to pray. I prayed prayed all through the night and you know such that the sweat that was coming from my body was so much and I but I just kept praying and I lay down in my own you know the pool of my sweat and I I can remember vividly that it was not just uh you know small amount of sweat it was a lot but I kept praying until I became so tired and the Lord spoke to me when I was quiet. The Lord spoke to me. The Lord said to me, Samuel, I can see your heart. You want this lady come back to life. You know what? She will not come back because where she is right now, she doesn't want to come back. Wow. She, 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 She is with me. What I asked you to do, what I wanted you to do in her life, you have done it. She was going to die even if you didn't take that step of ministering salvation to her. And so it is a beautiful thing that you minister salvation to her and she is with me. She is in Christ before she died. And so she will not have to go to hell. And so she is with me. Yeah. And yeah, so that that really encouraged me a lot. Yeah. That yeah. okay, I could pray and God also realized that I have this passion to even pray that a dead person will come back to life. Of course, I've seen after then I've seen a situation where I prayed for somebody who suddenly dropped dead and the Lord brought her back to life. Uh, but, you know, talking about how I feel whenever I realize that God has laid this, you know, uh, ministry in my heart, I feel very thankful to the Lord and very humble. Yeah. I think it's interesting, Samuel, uh, that you talked about going into a room by yourself uh, to pray because, um, you know, in Matthew chapter six, it talks a lot about that to go into a room and be alone with the Lord and uh, mm-hmm. and, and to be in, in secret and, and, and not to babble and to just, uh, you know, to pray and hear from the Lord. And so uh, I think that's a very profound moment that... Um, uh, what you were doing is lining up directly with the scripture. And then mm, as a result yeah. of that, you heard from God in a real way. Yeah. So that's really yeah. cool. <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. I, I definitely believe in the power of uh prayer to heal. Uh, I don't know what Zach's told you about me, but uh, I had a, a fatal disease at one point, And I believe that uh, through the power of prayer and community, I was, uh, you know, healed through the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, that's a story for another time. But I'm just saying I'm I'm on your wavelength, buddy. Yeah. I know where you're coming Thank from. You. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, cool. So um, talking about all this and kind of like our um, experiences with prayer, Samuel, what do you think? the state of the church is just the church as a whole, when it comes to prayer, how do you, how would you say we're doing? I, I can 
you know, talk from within my milieu, within my environment, what I've uh-huh. seen so far. Uh-huh. And, you know, being very particular and then try as much as possible to generalize that where the church is, is, is praying. The church is praying. And I will not deceive you, the church is praying. All kinds of prayer that the scripture says that the church should pray, the church of today is doing it. Yeah. Uh, the, on, the only thing is that denominationalism has, yeah. you know, brought a lot of uh, dissections and a lot of uh, dichotomy into it. So the right. that we are not really in agreement uh, as to how should we pray and what should we pray and uh, when should we pray and all that. So uh, for me, I would say generally the church is praying. The only yeah. thing is that uh, if you go to some denominations, the way they pray, uh, you enter in there, you may not like it. You may feel, mm. oh, these people yeah. are too liturgical the way they pray. And uh, somebody who is very liturgical and very sacramental may get to another church and discover that where their setting is too, too charismatic, you know, too charismatic, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. too yep. Pentecostal. Oh, these people are too lousy. They they they, they pray too, you know, make, they make too much noise and yeah. all that. So, but I would say that whatever flavor and whatever. Uh, dimensions uh, with which we pray, we are still praying. I yeah. believe that the church is praying. Though majority of force as a church may not really even be engaging in one form of prayer or the other. Uh, yeah. But I still believe that uh, no matter how small the percentage is, the church is still praying. Well, Samuel, I've, I've got to admit that only about one other time in my life have I met somebody um, who has who, who who God has impacted through prayer the way that He has impacted you. So, if 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 you'll let me, I've, I have to say that that you are in such a unique position, such a unique league, and I and I wonder um, it, from your experiences. What, do you know ways in which the church can begin to grow their prayer life in in, in, in these in these similar ways? Um, not 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 necessarily so they follow you per se, but but just so we could become. You, you just offer so much experience, so so unique an experience. Uh, what are some ways in which the church might be able to to grow in their prayer life in ways that's and similar to the ways in which you have yourself? Thank you so much. Um, well, the first thing I'm going to say is that we must look at Jesus' example. Mm. How did Jesus pray? How did Jesus, you know, uh, relate prayer to his disciples? So Jesus' example is number one. Sure. And, you know, it's, it's somehow unfortunate that some of us don't even know that Jesus Christ, uh, you know, engaged in different forms of prayer and different mm-hmm. times to pray. There were times that Jesus Christ will, will, will you know, do vigil. There are times Jesus Christ will wake up very early in the morning yeah. to pray. There are times Jesus Christ will go to solitary places, even when it is very... Uh, bright day, and yeah. he will be there to pray. Like when we read Mark chapter 1, verse 35, you see where the scripture says that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went up to a solitary place where he prayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very early in the morning. And so for me, Jesus Christ should be our number one example. Sure, and yeah, if we can sure. study Jesus' prayer life, we, we can never get it wrong. 
number one. Number number two is we move from there to the disciples, the apostles. Yeah. How did they pray? And if we can, you know, study the book of Acts of the Apostles and see the prayer life of these apostles, and we will know that we can actually appreciate prayer more as a communication, as a dialogue between us and God, as a relationship that, you know, is worthy of it and not something that is cumbersome. It's not that God is calling us into a duty, but he's calling us into a relationship through prayer. Because uh, for me as a father, if my son, if my son doesn't talk to me, and that is leading me into my, you know, the third way that we can see prayer and get to grow in prayer. So we should view prayer as um, a, you know, a live relationship. And so yeah. for me, as a, as a father, if my son doesn't talk to me, uh, the first day he wakes up in the morning, he doesn't talk to me. And uh, he walks past me again, and he doesn't talk to me. He, you know, comes around again, he doesn't talk to me. And then he goes to school, comes back, he doesn't talk to me. Mm. I know something is wrong. As a matter of fact, I know that my son will not do that to me. But if he doesn't greet me, I'm going to ask him, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Didn't he see me? What is it? What is going on? (laughs) But, you know, if we see communication, I mean, we see prayers, you know, live relationship, live communication as uh, something that is, is normal, yeah. you know, for us to do, then we will begin to grow in it. Because uh, it, I, I do not force my child to talk to me. And my child knows that he needs to talk to me. Yeah. So yeah. if we have that mentality, that mindset that where prayer... Is me talking to my father. I hope that your child said, wants to talk to you. As well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Samuel, can I ask you? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned yeah, earlier. Please. Yeah, you had mentioned earlier all the different ways that uh, Jesus prays in in the scripture, and that uh, really it is about just communicating with the Father and and uh, uh, being uh, diligent in. Um, I wanted to ask you: Do you feel like there, if if I'm understanding you correctly, uh, would you would you say that there is no wrong way to pray, or is there like a wrong way to pray as well? Oh wow! <laughs> you know, I know that's a weird, big question. I'm sorry. Well, for me, is I, I love this honestly. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing about prayer is you can't just like any other means of grace, like any other spiritual discipline, mm-hmm. yeah. we, we may not fully be able to separate uh, a form of prayer from culture. Mm. Culture has a lot to do yeah. with, uh, you know, our forms of prayer. For instance, if you get to Africa or you get to Nigeria, and Africa is too big, it's a, it's a continent, but if you get to Nigeria, and uh, you see the way people pray, uh, you might begin to ask questions, what's wrong with them? <laughs> uh, why are they praying like this? And you see people pray aggressive prayer, yeah. they are shaking their body, everybody is shaking their head, they are praying and asking the Lord, Lord, do it right now and all that. Yeah. And in the yeah. same country, in the same country, you get to another church where they just pray silently. Yeah. Now, I was, I was brought up in a tradition that prays silently. That is what the missionaries brought to us uh, mm. uh, in the 19th century. And mm. that form of prayer lingered a lot until we began to see the need for us to be who we are 
that is Africans. And the need for us to wake up to the reality that uh, there are more forms of prayer yeah. exactly than what we do. So uh, in the same Anglican setting today in Nigeria, you see uh, people praying aggressive prayer. You see people praying, uh, you know, blasting tongues. You see people praying silently. And the one thing is occasion determines how people pray and the kinds of prayer points determines how people respond to prayer. So for me, I would not say that uh, there is a form of prayer that is wrong or that is a form of prayer that is right. Mm. Uh, I want to leave that to individuals that are praying yeah. and, uh, okay. and even to God who, whom they are praying to. Because yeah. I might think that God is not going to answer them, and yet He answered them very quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. about the heart, right? Not about the the physical mode of what you're doing. <clears throat> Say that again. I didn't get that. Oh, it's it's about the heart, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Please. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, as Christians, sometimes we we fall into. Uh, this thought process that we need to um, do everything like a specific way. Like there's a, there's a, um, a cookie cutter yeah. uh, instruction guide. But I think like you said, everybody mm-hmm. prays differently. Everybody has a, has a, a certain relationship with the father that is, uh, that comes from their own experience and, 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 and their own relationship. So I think I, I agree very wholeheartedly about that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah definitely. Now, Sammy, you mentioned a lot of the, some of the differences in the African church. Um, it's now that you've been in the U.S. for for some time now, what do you think that the church here in the United States can really learn from our African brothers and sisters, uh, and and the way in which church is done there? Do do you, do you, from those differences that that you, that you've experienced? Do you, what 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 would be some of the best things that we could learn? From our from our brothers and sisters across, yeah. across the pond. How could we strengthen each other? Hmm. Well, I would say that uh, um, it's actually, you know, a two-edged sword, uh, if I'm permitted to use that phrase, because sure. we, no, I think we, banned we that have one. a lot. Yeah, you <laughs> have a American church has a lot to learn from the African church, and. The African church also uh, has a lot to learn from the American church. Uh, so it's two ways. And let me quickly say that um, for, for the American church, one mm-hmm. of the things that uh, you may want to learn from the African church is, you know, where the the fact that um, they have been able to they have been able to um, bring in the excluded middle uh, that Paul Hebert talked about, they've been able to see it as a reality, and what that means is they are not just you know, a bunch of spiritual people who who do church, but they are also very much open to their environment. Mm. They know that uh, the physical has something to do with the spiritual, and the spiritual has a lot of effect on the physical. Yeah, and so they, we. Africans do not discard the existence of demons, of mm. principalities and powers, and we do not also think that you know they are remoted or they, they are remotely separated from us. 
yeah. uh, that they don't have anything to do with with us as Christians. But yeah, we, there's so, there's something about we, the Western culture where we want to divide those things. Um, exactly. Yeah, we put a wall between the spiritual and the physical too much yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So so for us, Ephesians chapter six is real. That. Yeah. For we for we for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, mm. Mm. Uh, mm. against you know spiritual wickedness in the high places. So that is the part of the scripture. And if the Western or the American church uh, wants to really uh, you know do church the way we should do it. They, they must learn that from the Africans that where these people are not discarding it, they are not separating this. We know that it is real. And yeah. that is why a typical African Christian uh, will, will pray anytime any problem arises in their lives. They want yeah. to pray about it. They want to quickly, you know, go into fasting and prayer. They want to uh, think that perhaps there is something wrong somewhere. There is a force of darkness that is attacking me and all that. Even though sometimes also uh, we could be very, very extreme. We could be thinking as spiritists, and which is very wrong. Uh, so, uh, but balancing it, I think that is one major thing that Americans or Christians in America need to you know, realize and know that not every problem is psychological problem or yeah. health problem. Right. There are certain, you know, when you see somebody, for instance, I've always asked people, uh, and I've always prayed, and I will not deceive you, I've been praying that God, please open the eyes of my people, open the eyes of American Christians, open the eyes of the church here in America to realize that it is high time we begin to address and pray against the spirit that makes our youth to carry guns and begin to shoot at random in our schools, in public mm. spaces. It's not just a psychological problem. Wow. I believe that there are certain forces that are against these things, that are against human lives. And yeah. there are forces that, you know, enter into somebody. I've heard several stories that have been relayed by journalists uh, in this country where uh, a youth was said to be normal, that he, w he didn't have yeah. any antecedent of violence, but suddenly, that is the word, suddenly they discovered that certain traces began to grow up in him. He began to talk about, you know, doing certain funny things, and eventually he executed it. Right. For you. me, I believe, as an African Wait. Christian, I believe that reading my scripture, such things do not just happen. Yeah. There are certain powers. There are certain powers that are behind them. And that's um, our, uh, our yeah. secular society, too. Like, we do not label things as evil. Like, that's yeah. just politically incorrect these days. But, like... You know, we as Christians, we should be the ones to to call evil evil, right? That's right. I mean, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Awesome. And uh, if I may add, uh, another thing that I think um, um, where the African church, or African Christian, could learn from American is uh, what I mentioned the other time being aware of the fact that uh, when we recognize the excluded middle and uh, the level where God is, where we are, uh, we must not go to the extreme of becoming spiritists. Mm. We must not, you know, see the devil in everything. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we must not see the enemy in everything. The, the fact that something is happening to my son or something is happening in the school, something has just happened now, which we must not see the devil in everything. 
Right. Um, so, but it is very easy for a typical African Christian uh, to fall into that error. Yeah. Uh, so instead of, you know, addressing uh, situations the way we should, the way we should address them, uh, we now begin to spiritualize them. Yeah. Because the devil for instance, somebody, can't... Somebody, for instance, oh, somebody that's supposed to pay taxes, mm-hmm. you are not paying your tax, and uh, somehow your, your... I'm talking about Nigeria's system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when mm-hmm. you don't pay your tax, what happens is the government official will come around and they just... They, they, they lock up the shop. They seal it up. And mm-hmm. they do that sometimes when you are not there. And you don't mm-hmm. suddenly get there and you discover that the, the shop is sealed up. There are some funny Christians that we go to church and begin to pray. Pray that God, let, let this shop be open. Let this shop be open. Touch the heart of those who, you know, lock up my shop. Mm-hmm. I tell Christians, even back in Nigeria, what I want to tell you now, that that is stupid. <laughs> you, you don't don't take that to God because God is not going to listen to you because it is your civic civic responsibility uh, to pay taxes. And render you unto Caesar. Your tax and yeah. your shop is locked yeah. up, yeah. or your your car is grounded <laughs> by the government. You don't take that to God and begin to say, God, touch their heart. Let them release me. No, the next thing you should do, if at all you have to pray about it, is if you don't have the money, you ask God. To give you idea, I've uh, got to, you know, lead you into how you are going yeah. to get this money paid. Mm. That God should give you help. If I told you have to pray that prayer. Yeah. But I believe that the primary thing that a typical African Christian should do at that time is to, is to get the money paid so that the shop can be opened and the car can be released. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's so interesting the types of... Um the, the types of issues that you hear from a different culture that you just would have never imagined or like thought of, you know? <laughs> yes. I, so oh yeah. It happens. It happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. I, I, I find yeah. it so unique that, uh, that these are almost like the two different extremes of the same issue. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Well then, you know, that's why, well, and we always talk about how, um, that verse that says iron sharpens iron, you know, it's, right. it's good that we can have conversations and learn from each other and our different experiences. So we can both be closer to, to God. I mean, just yeah, really by sharpening each other. Yeah. We need to move into yeah, prayer. That's true. That's true. Yep. Okay. So with uh, 10 minutes left, um, okay. we should take an extended time of prayer um, so this will be kind of our first time trying this. So, um, I don't know. Do you guys have any ideas for how we could do it? I, I, I'm not sure. It's, uh, it, it all depends. I, I've, I'm not sure, uh, how, how, uh, a 10 minute prayer session works really <laughs> not done it before. <laughs> yeah. Well, Samuel, Samuel leads them a lot for, um, St. Andrew's Anglican when we have our praise nights. So, um, I was wondering if, Samuel, if you would like to kind of lead, if you want to give us some space to jump in and pray with you, that's also fine. But if you want to kind of lead us off, that would be awesome. Maybe. Thank you so much, uh, Zach. What I'm going to suggest is uh, we can take time to pray yeah. uh, for the time meeting. And uh, if you want me to round up, I can then round it up. Uh, but we can take time to pray for, you know, maybe about uh, eight minutes. Then okay. I will spend the minute, two minutes to just to just run it. Off. Okay, I'll start. Okay. Uh, yeah, Bob and Colin, That's you guys great. can hop in if you want to. Samuel, will you'll finish it off when whenever we're done. So okay. Um, all right. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for allowing us to talk with Samuel today, Um, and I thank you that you have given us the ability to record podcasts and to have these great conversations about you, to look to your word, uh, to pray for each other, and to learn more about you. Um, I want to pray for anybody who is listening to this, Lord. I pray that you would um, 
begin to just break down barriers and um, open us up. I pray that you would have opened people's eyes to um, realities about prayer and about um, a life in you that they didn't know before, Lord. And Mm. I pray that they can get as much out of this time as I have. Um, And I pray, Lord, that you would just draw um, the people that know you closer to you and that you would draw those who don't know you um, to yourself as well, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just show yourself in the lives of each person that's listening, um, God, so that they would look at it and they would recognize, huh, there's something different about this because uh, these people prayed for us. And so, Lord, um, I just thank you so much for your grace that sustains us, um, your presence that goes with us, and your love that is just greater for us than we could ever possibly hope to imagine. Lord, you are just so good to us. It's in the name of Jesus. Yes. Daddy, I thank you so much for this chance to, to gather as, as your people, um, to learn from one another, to sharpen one another, as mm-hmm. your proverb tells us. I thank you for the examples that you've set before us uh, and, the, and the written word that we have and the examples of those who have come before us and in brothers like Samuel who are, who are beside us today. Mm. I thank you for how you continue to move in each one of our lives, that we can be an example to one another, sharpening each other along the way, mm-hmm. um, showing us uh, what your power can do, and that it's not just in the past. It's not just uh, in, 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 in written word from mm-hmm. centuries upon centuries ago, but your spirit is alive and well today, yes, moving Lord. among mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. changing mm-hmm. us, affecting those around us, waiting to be used if your people were to just ask. I ask that you would give us the strength and courage to be those people, to be the people who was willing to call upon the Spirit, who does not rely entirely on reason, but but recognizes the spiritual world is so intertwined. Um, And I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters um, across the world, across the planet, specifically those in Nigeria who have helped raise this wonderful man before us. Um, I thank you for their for their example, for for the ways in which you continue to guide their lives, bringing them closer to you. I want to lift them up to us to you right now, Lord, that you, that you would be with them, seeking uh, uh, and seeking them and moving among them, showing them your ways as well as you continue to show us your ways. We praise you for how you continue to unite us, no matter where we are on the mm. planet, no matter what our culture yeah. upbringing has been. And we praise you for that. Uh, God, I, I want to pray right now uh, for the people who just feel broken, mm. the people who are going through really hard times in their lives and they forget that you're still there. God, I want to pray for the people who have forgotten that they can turn to you with anything. Uh, God, I want to thank you for always being there when things are good, but especially when things aren't going so good. Um, And all of the times that we struggle and all the times that we have uh, brighter days, uh, we just thank you for being in the midst of all of it. And um, we want to turn our hearts back to you. And um, we want to continue to remember that prayer is literally just talking to our fathers, uh, talking to our father in heaven and um, that you're always there and available. And we just thank you for that. And so, Father, um, I want to thank you so much, O oh God, for today. Thank you for this opportunity to rub minds together and to speak on your behalf. 
Lord, I pray for as many that have listened to this podcast or will be listening to it. I ask, Lord, that it will do that which you have sent it for. I pray, God Almighty, that through this ministry, souls will be saved. Mm -hmm. Lord, that healing will appear, that people, oh God, will be drawn to you. Lord, I pray for my brothers. I pray for Bob. I pray for Zach. I pray for Colin. I pray, oh God, that your grace will rest upon them mm. more and more. I ask, Lord Almighty, that as they, O oh God, do this together, may your name, O oh God, be glorified through them. And I ask, Lord, that you be with them and their families. I pray also, Father, Lord, for people out there right now who have lost hope. Mm. People who do not even believe that things can still change. Lord, we agree together right now and pray. As many that are hopeless, as many that are ready to give up on life, as many that are ready right now, Lord, to commit suicide, we pray, God, that your spirit will stop them, wherever they are. For we believe, O oh God, that your eyes run to and fro the heavens and the earth. Yes. Yes. And we believe, O oh God, that your hands can save them. You rescued me, God, even when mm. I did not know you. I pray, God Almighty, that you will rescue such people, wherever they are. Lord, give them hope right now in their hopeless situation. And I speak against every spirit of suicide, every spirit that is pushing them right now to kill themselves, to take their lives, which you have given to them as a gift. I rebuke such spirits, O oh God, and I pray that such people become set free right now. Lord, I pray for pregnant women uh, Lord, we thank you for being with them. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they are. But we believe, oh God, that you know them and you love them. We ask, Lord, that you will keep these women, keep their babies. Lord, we pray, God Almighty, that you will bring them to the day of their safe delivery. Mm. And Lord, if out there there are women who do not have what it takes to carry their baby to time and are already thinking of abortion. Lord, we just pray right now, Lord Almighty, that you please, Lord, send help. Send help, O oh God, that such babies, O oh God, will live and not be aborted. We give you thanks, Lord, and we worship you. We give you glory, Lord, because we believe that far more than what we could think or imagine, you will do through this podcast. We pray all this, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thanks so much, Samuel. Thank you, Samuel, so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me to be with you. Oh, yeah. You, you, you've provided <laughs> really so much for us. <laughs> I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, Samuel, we hope That's you ha- we hope you have a great night, buddy. Ah, you too. Thank you all. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Bye. All right, bye. And uh, we just want to say thank you to all of you for listening to the podcast. In. Hope you guys got something out of that prayer, man. That was that was that pretty was crazy else. and awesome. Yeah, crazy in a good way. I mean, I don't mean crazy, crazy, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, I hope that you guys are crazy about the Houseplants podcast. <laughs> and if you are, <laughs> let other people know by giving us a like or a rating. Uh, leave us a review on Facebook. That's always helpful. Anytime that you can become people that 
tell others about uh, what we are doing. Um, we appreciate it. I'm going to ask something of you all right now. I'm going to just throw this out there. Um, if you guys like this podcast, and you've been listening to for a while and it's helping you stay awake at work or on the road. We would just really, really appreciate any support you could offer. And uh, one of the ways you can do that is going to our Patreon and uh, maybe signing up to be a houseplant and uh, providing us a little financial support. I know it's tacky to talk about finances, but it is a great uh, thing that uh, we get any kind of uh, financial support. So we just continue to ask for that. Um, and we are going to continue to update it. So we have two music albums on That's there. Right. We have some we have some um, bloopers and some uh, jam sessions and all kinds of fun stuff. And if you uh, sign up and uh, become a patron, you will be able to get access to all that cool business. And then uh, maybe some videos uh, down the road we will have on there. And I think the third Houseplants album should be close to ready. So that's just some more info for you all. That's exciting to me. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks so much for listening. And I don't know. Peace. (laughs) God bless. See you next time.